0: This is Gulf Coast Life Arts Edition from WGCU. I'm John Davis. Thanks for joining us. One of the most fun, talented, and high-energy musicians and performers you may ever get the chance to experience is coming to Southwest Florida. Multi-instrumentalist, singer, dancer, band leader, and composer Gunhild Carling will perform in the Grand Atrium of the Sydney and Byrne Davis Art Center in downtown Fort Myers as part of the center's Jazzy Nights Music Series Friday, February 24th. Carling is a world famous jazz star dubbed the Wonder Woman of Jazz and Sweden's Queen of Swing. She performs on an impressive number of instruments, including trumpet, sometimes multiple trumpets at once, recorder, bagpipe, harmonica, drums, flute, bass, piano, ukulele, banjo, harp, and a number of perhaps lesser-known instruments hailing from the medieval and renaissance periods, including the zinc and crumbhorn, and of course, her favorite and primary instrument, the trombone. She tours all over the world, and videos of her performances have garnered tens of millions of views via YouTube and social media platforms. Hailing from a talented musical family in her native Sweden, Gunhill Carling has been performing pretty much her entire life, starting with her family band. Through the family band and other music collaborators, Carling has put out an impressive number of studio albums and EPs, including her latest album, Good Evening Cats, that you can check out via music streaming platforms like Apple Music or Spotify. In 2013, she performed with the Carling Big Band at the Royal Palace in Stockholm in celebration of the King of Sweden's Ruby Jubilee. And in 2016, she performed at the King of Sweden's 70th birthday celebration. She's also the star of a number of ever-popular recorded Performances of reimagined pop cover songs through Scott Bradley's postmodern jukebox, including a jazz swing version of Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up, and uh, perhaps my favorite, a jazz cover of Pharrell Williams' Happy. Gunhill Carling, welcome to Gulf Coast Life Arts Edition. Thanks for taking the time to be with us, and thanks for coming to Southwest Florida.
1: <laughs> Thank you. You know what? That was the best ingress I've ever heard. Oh, (laughs) oh, all right. Wow, is that really me?
0: (laughs) It sure (laughs) is. (laughs) Well, to engage with us and your fellow listeners about this conversation or any of our shows, find us on Facebook. We're at WGCU Public Media. On Twitter, we're at WGCU. Use the hashtag GCL. So let's start at the beginning. Take me back to your childhood in Sweden and what it was like growing up in your home.
1: My parents they were musicians and they played all kinds of different instruments. Um my father he was a jazz musician. But he also liked the renaissance music and and uh, medieval music, medieval music and, uh, and all kinds of music. So and if uh, like folk music from all parts of the world so we were playing a lot of different music but since we we started with jazz I was seven years old it was so huge success and everybody loved it so we we uh, mainly played jazz and I talk when I say jazz I mean the old like Jelly Roll Morton uh, like this kind of jazz King Oliver and such and Armstrong of course so that was my childhood and my home how I grew up and my whole
0: life yeah, I, I know in the States, and maybe I'm speaking too broadly, but but generally, if a kid's going to learn an instrument, you kind of tend to home in on one and focus on that. But it seems like in your house, everybody was a bit of a multi-instrumentalist.
1: Yeah, so everyone, uh, I have three siblings, and they are all multi-instrumentalists. Uh, and uh, we are playing like everything was different to how everybody else was. So where shall I begin? Uh, We (laughs) I have to learn every I didn't have a teacher. I I should learn everything by myself and find my own inspiration in everything, which is actually a good thing. So I have continued that like I have I try to find inspiration in everything. And so and my siblings they all play different kinds of instruments and also my brother he was very interested in uh, vaudeville and novelty and circus and so so that is so my older brother my younger brother was very interested in uh, dance culture so he has been like bringing in a lot of dance culture in the show and my brother uh, brought in a lot of vaudeville and my sister and i we were sewing costumes Inspired, as I'm always inspired by the American 1920s.
0: Sorry. Yes. 1920s
1: yes. most,
0: yeah. I'm going to get into that a little bit later in the conversation. I, I wanted to stick with uh, kind of a bit of your evolution with musical instruments. I understand you started with the drums. That probably provided a great solid foundation for pursuing music in terms of, you know, learning to keep the beat. But tell me about how you found your way to the trombone. Yeah. Uh,
1: it was just easy. I picked up the trombone and wow, I you know, so I was a kid. So, you know, I didn't have like, didn't understand if I was good or not. I thought I was very good at once. <laughs> so, okay, maybe <laughs> this is my instrument. <laughs> and I was seven years old. So, yeah, I just began. I liked it which is like the most
0: important part, that you like
1: it. And I had a lot of fun, and uh, I like trombone. I love it.
0: You have been quoted as calling the trombone the freedom instrument. I'm curious about what you mean by that. Like, what are the qualities of this instrument that you just find so compatible? Is it the lower register? Kind of the slide enables you to just take on different styles? What is it?
1: yeah you the trombone is, it has a total freedom because okay you can play straight melodies and and so it's a melody instrument like a cello and so but you always are inside and beside the music and you uh, push the rhythm and you harmonize the counterpoint and so and uh, and you move forward and you give the the like you yeah, turn the heat up because um I have to take the
0: trombone and show you
1: because I am in my studio now. So okay. Is it okay I play a little here?
0: Oh, I would love it. Mm.
1: So I can play melodies like I can also push. The rhythm, like pushing forward, and I can also uh, build a counterpoint, which means harm harmonize it and build um, a three-dimensional harmonization, like the melody like the cornet plays around but the trombone has the freedom to do whatever she likes or he likes
0: whatever Mm. they like wonderful wonderful and uh i also wanted to talk a bit about you playing the jazz bagpipes um that was actually how i first discovered you was there's this, you know, video, which I'm sure, you know, has been seen millions of times, a performance you did in Central Park, um, you know, playing jazz bagpipes and The playing was so phenomenal. Your stage presence is so infectious and entertaining. And I'm curious about how you came to connect the bagpipes with jazz music, because that's not something I've ever seen other musicians doing. And I understand there was even kind of a story behind that involving you being snowed in at a venue in Norway, needing to perform for hundreds of guests, but not really having brought any other instruments with you. Is there a story behind that?
1: Yeah, exactly. So... Bagpipe is a total side instrument for me, but it has become the most famous. Like everyone has seen this bagpipe, but I see myself as a trombone player.
0: Sure. (laughs) And
1: I play a little trumpet. Uh, But uh, it was, it has been very popular with uh, medieval festivals and in in Europe. So I was in Norway and we were snowed in and uh, I played medieval music on a festival together with my family and it was winter and everything and we didn't even I didn't even bring my trombone I was just there with a bagpipe to you know have fun being on a festival and like and uh, so we were stuck on a hotel for days and the owner of the hotel said can you entertain the people and Entertainment for like regular people is more The Great American Songbook. So I had to play jazz on the bagpipe. (laughs) And I don't know if they were very drunk, but it was so much success. (laughs) And like people were standing around me and said that was the best I've ever heard. So I thought, wow, what is this? And I took in my jazz concert in the bagpipe and play. And everyone was, whoa. So it has something. You know what? I cannot explain what it is, but it is something.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's really, really great. Uh, Well, I I wanted to bring it back to your family for just a moment. Um, I I know your, your late father Hans, as we mentioned, a trumpet legend in Sweden, an accomplished composer, arranger and band leader. Would you say that he's primarily responsible for your love of not just jazz, but specifically that 1920s, 1930s era?
1: Yeah, I would say totally. And uh, he also uh, he liked that era of the 1920s because it was so I we like of course all kind of jazz, but mostly the 1920s because it's um a little it's magic in in a way it's very different to everything else like with all this the, the we call it now the Gatsby era we didn't call it like that then right mm, but the Gatsby era like everyone was out dancing and so the and the, the New Orleans music with the, yeah all this that we have been listening to the improvisations and everything how this just how it was born yeah. So it, yeah, totally. Yeah, I'm he. He is because of why I'm influenced.
0: Yeah, it seems like it's something that you j- just embody with your whole life. Like I, I'm thinking, I've seen a lot of photos of you, and. You know, usually there's a flower in your hair when you're on stage. What you're wearing is, is beautiful and it seems so inspired by that era. Are those are those conscious decisions that you make to connect back to that time? Because I, I know fashion and design are, are big interests of yours as well.
1: Um the thing is, I think that's the best. Uh, I don't see it as a past thing. I see it as a cultural invention mm. that is eternal and lives forever. And uh, I, I, I appreciate this and cherish it. Like I want to, I, I am the, in in this cultural era, but it, it's timeless to me. It's what I feel.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I like that. I like let's let's make it current. Let's keep it going. Um, on kind of a similar note, if you had the chance to perform with just one of your heroes from that nineteen twenties thirties jazz period, who would it be and why? Or could you even select one?
1: They say never meet your hero, but um, <laughs> of, <laughs> uh, but of course, uh, Big Spider Beck, General Morton, and. Armstrong, of course. Just to be close to any one of those magical musicians would have been uh, fantastic.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and if my Billy res- Holiday, of course. Oh, Billy Holiday. Yes, um, I feel like she must have been a real big inspiration for you uh, in, in terms of your singing style. I notice a lot of similarity and in, in the use of vibrato and the cadence, and it's it's really wonderful. Um, I'm imagining you. You listened to a lot of Billie Holiday growing up.
1: Yeah, first I the first record I the first record I ever had was "Strange Fruit" because it was the first like I heard, and the but when I started to listen to music, uh, the first was Bessie Smith, so she mm. was actually the first, and then um, later on it was only uh, Holiday, Billie Holiday.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I can definitely go along with that. I've I've got a number of Billie Holiday albums myself. It's always on heavy rotation in my house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. cool. Well, tell me about your approach to writing new music. Are, are you the discipline type? Do you schedule and set aside specific time to write? Or do you find your composing time is more productive if you wait for inspiration to strike? Uh, I see inspiration
1: as something you must uh, have continuously. So I, I need inspiration all the time. As soon as something comes in my head, I stop everything because it's, it's very important. Uh, <clears throat> and I, I write it down. I, I work on it. So right now I'm working on a song. Um, so there are those songs that takes 20 seconds to write with lyrics and chords and everything. And uh, I'm very thankful for those songs. And then there are more complicated songs where the chords and you shall go to many keys and the melody shall just like be the easiest thing at all to sing. But it's it shall walk through many keys and many things and the lyric shall be like rhyming, very complicated and with the hymns to like everything out there from from... Everything between uh, Hades and heaven, and, and in between there and space, and like your history and so, and that takes a little bit more time to write because it has a complici- complicity. Yeah, right. So uh, I, you know, always stop and uh, try to catch the inspiration because if it goes away, the inspiration it can take long time before you fall in inspiration again.
0: Gotcha. 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 So just, Keep
1: it when you get it.
0: That's right. <laughs> well, if you're just joining the show, we're speaking with multi-instrumentalist, dancer, singer, bandleader, and composer Gunhild Carling, the Wonder Woman of jazz, ahead of her performance Friday, February 24th at the Sydney and Byrne Davis Arts Center in downtown Fort Myers. And if you'd like to comment on our conversation or engage with fellow listeners again, you can find us on Facebook at WGCU Public Media or on Twitter. We're at WGCU. Use the hashtag GCL. So I, I'm curious about, you know, you know, we've talked about growing up in your musical family. Now you have your own children and, you know, they're quickly becoming adults. Do you try to foster that same love of performing, touring, playing music that that you had in your own house growing up? Tell me about your own kids and their relationship with music. Yeah, so <clears throat>
1: everything. Everything. That I had in, li- in life, that was fantastic. I had because of music. So I, I feel I have to share this gift with my kids. There, I have no choice. So, how do you give music to your kids? Like, because that is, uh, it's not like money. You can just give a wallet and say, "Here is money." You have to play music every day, day after day after day. And here is the challenge: it must be fun because you must love it. So, how do you make the kids? How do you do something with the kids every day, and they and make them love it? So, uh, the late it was easy now the latest years because all their friends uh, in school and not all their friends, but now I say all their friends, a lot of friends they have. They uh, they see me like more. Uh, like bigger than what my kids do so their friends said oh wow can we play with your mom and so so together with my kids friends we have played together every day and i uh, the thing is with jazz jazz is very nice and happy music there is always like something that makes you a feel good moment in everything now you can start on a low level. You can play the old hymns, like um, Just a Closer Walk with Thee. I mean, it's not so many notes and three chords and so on. You, the most important is style and passion. And you can have style and passion and like just from the first second you play because you just have it in your heart. And that is what I have tried to find in, in my kids, like... The style and the passion, because when you have that, you can go on. It is like when you play a TV game or something. You don't even notice how many hours that walk by when you play because you have so much fun and and it feels good. So that is what I've tried to put into the music.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, with jazz in particular, you get that though. Like, I I grew up as a kid with the you know traditional classical training. You know, you learn to read music, you you play the notes on the page, and you know, you know, there's some interpretation involved, but it's not like improvisation like with jazz music. Like, I didn't get into improvisation until I was in my twenties, just because it seemed so intimidating. But once you figure out how to do it um god it must be so great to to watch these kids grow
1: yeah so we talk different levels here because when you when you are together with someone who is for example 11 or 10 or something mm-hmm. uh, it must focus on like an energy that makes feel good so you you play like um uh, you play musket ramble or something, and you try to try to have the beat and the feeling and so. But when you come up in the age, there is a part of the jazz music that is like learn the chords because if you don't know day, you know it goes like through a lot of keys. Even simple songs, it changes, and so so you have to know a little. You have to know theory. Yes, and you cannot say that to someone who is like, "Oh, you have to study theory; it's a secret that you shall try to." That yes, but when they are older and more can understand that uh, th- they are willing to put in work in it, you can you can say like, "Okay, it's a lot of theory, so here it is," <laughs> because right. mm-hmm. I kn- I know that it's a lot of theory yeah. in- involved in it. Sorry for being so boring, but it's the
0: truth. No, no, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I wanted to talk a bit about your work with you know Scott Bradley and postmodern jukebox because I think that might be how a lot of people first get introduced to you. Um, how did that come about that partnership?
1: I had a um, mm, a viral hit uh, in uh, actually yeah out all over the world. It started in Egypt of all places and then Hmm. it came to Europe and I had 5 million views here and then it came to Argentina and and South America and Brazil and it came up to 30 million like I went viral with the video and Scott saw that so he called around like is she in Bangkok or is she in Rome or like (laughs) it has been everywhere this video I'm very thankful because you cannot um, you can never uh, order like you cannot get a viral hit it it comes to you it's like a, a gift from above so i was very happy wonderful wonderful um, i went viral uh, very glad for that
0: yeah it made t- my life yeah me too because i don't know that i would have seen it <laughs> <laughs> but i am one of those folks who was sharing it for sure um well when it comes to your upcoming performance here in fort myers Can you tell me about what the audience can expect? Is this going to be a solo performance? Will you be accompanied by a band? Will will either of your children be performing with you in this concert?
1: Yeah, my family will be by my side and uh, pro musicians and my family. Like, it's going to be great. I have a lot of, there is a New Orleans vibe in everything I do. You can imagine, like,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah, it's like happy street music. There is also a little swing. Blues and a little of vaudeville, and my my kids will be by my side, and uh, and my husband will play banjo because they come to me and in Florida at that time, and we play together. And it's like one of a kind show, so I'm very I'm very glad. First we go to Key West, and then we go to Fort Myers, so we do two shows in Florida.
0: Oh, wonderful! We'll we'll do our best to keep the weather nice for you. <laughs> Well, your latest album, Good Evening Cats, was recently released, uh, recorded last year in New York. Can you tell me about the experience of recording this album? Just because you've you've got a number of other great musicians uh, included in here, like Grammy-nominated Billy Stritch, um, your own daughter and sister. Tell me about it.
1: Yeah, the thing was that Billy Stritch, his feeling is unbelievable when he plays. It's like First note he plays, you feel welcome and you in a very delightful mood. So uh, I wanted. uh, I have met Billy Stritch and Daniel Glass, and and we have met on Birdland because I kind of had residency on Birdland for years. I've been there like uh, once in a while all the time, and I have a lot of shows. And he is. It belongs to the Birdland Jazz Club family. So we have become so good friends. And I I come over and I do it like sit in and to do a song there. And I'm in the Jim Caruso's cast party all the time. So uh, we have become good friends. And when I wanted to go to record an album, he was the first person I was thinking of. Like, wow. And we were in this studio and everything was wonderful. And it was like Valentine's Day. So it was like everything was filled of love in the air. <laughs> so it was, I was unbelievable. And I had my kids by my side, um, my kids, they grow so quick now because they are teenagers. So every day they, but they were like small kids. It's just one year ago we recorded it, but they were so small and they are so, if I can say I'm very glad of it, they're so very loyal. So they were like sitting with the notes all the time and checking like, oh okay, so there shall be this note and they were like, so Vigo plays a little clarinet there. They did some small riffs and Eden was singing and they, so they were very into it and steve doyle he plays bass fantastic and nana carling it's not my sister it's my brother's daughter she's my niece oh, okay okay and she came yeah she came over from copenhagen and took a plane and we played and she has a wonderful singing tone and uh, she's always a very happy person Wait, and uh We played and then we added some strings and then we had little big band riffs behind. So it just became bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. I first thought about having like a trio, but it became like 20 people in this record.
0: <laughs> Did that that impact the song selection on the album? Because I mean, we've got we've got a little Edith P. off, um, but there's also singing in English and in German. Um, you know, you know, a mix of some great covers and original tunes. Um, what was your approach to to putting together the song list?
1: Yeah, the thing is, I wanted to do only originals. But then we started, and then Billy and Daniel, and so the, the musicians said, "Maybe we shall put some uh, standards in as well." Okay, I mean because I mean I, I love the standards. I, I could go on all day just play the Great American Songbook. It's it's my, it's like my Bible. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's
0: my life. All well, right. Well, well, given your experience, expertise, and success, I'm curious if you have any advice that you would have for any aspiring young musicians or performers.
1: Uh, no. So, like what you do, and do what you like. It's it's the key. So just uh, find happiness in your music, and then something else. D- uh, dare to be special and unique. It's it's easy to say. It's hard to do because there is always, like people say, "Oh no, no, no! You cannot do that. That is not what other people do." But an artist shall always be a little brave and do something that nobody else, that uh, that other people didn't dare. So, an artist in art, you shall be a little brave
0: and dare and do it. All right, well said. Well, that is about all the time we have for today's show, but I want to thank my guest. We've been speaking with multi-instrumentalist, singer, dancer, band leader, and composer, the incomparable Cunhilde Carling, the Wonder Woman of Jazz, and Sweden's Queen of Jazz. She'll be performing the evening of Friday, February 24th in the Grand Atrium at the Sydney and Byrne Davis Art Center in downtown Fort Myers. And you can learn more about her at gunhillcarling.net or just go to YouTube. There's tons of great performances there. And secure your tickets to the show at sbdac.com. Gunhild Carling, thanks so much for taking the time.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much. It was so nice to talk.
0: If you missed any of today's show, you can always hear episodes in their entirety on our website, wgcu.org gcl, or you can subscribe to our podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Our show today was produced by Jared Gonzalez and yours truly. Our director is Richard Chinqui. Our social media coordinator is Tara Calligan. For now, thanks for listening. I'm John Davis. This is WGCU-FM, Fort Myers 90.1, WMKO, Marco Island 91.7 FM, NPR for Southwest Florida.